You're listening to Mapleview Community Church Podcast. Uh, four or five weeks ago, uh, oh, it's longer than that, early January, when we learned that Pastor Jay was going to be away, I had four or five people come to me and say, hey, are you going to pay him back for all the jokes that he makes about you? And uh, uh, as tempting as that was, I decided that um, I would not do that. Thank you. (laughs) However, I did come across a joke that I want to share this morning. A pastor who was on sabbatical (laughs) and was out taking a leisurely drive in Florida with his wife, I don't know, we'll call her Jody. When he, as he was driving around, a flash from a camera, a a traffic camera went off, and he's like, that's not real, that shouldn't have been taking a picture of me, I wasn't speeding, and and so he drove around again, only this time slower, and uh, sure enough, the camera went off again and flash, and he said, this is like, this is stupid, and he goes around for the third time, same thing, goes around for the fourth time, the fifth time around, now they're laughing, Uh, This pastor and his wife, Jody, were laughing, and when they went by the fifth time, their tongues are hanging out of their mouth, they're laughing, the thumbs in their ears, eyes roll back, you know, making a face at the camera lens. About three weeks later, one of their daughters who lived in the Barry area checked their, their mailbox, their Canada Post mailbox, and sure enough, there was a letter there for uh, this pastor, and inside the letter, when uh, the daughter, Brooke was her name, and uh, opened up the letter, and she found five pictures of her mom and dad, one of them, you know, with the funny face, and five tickets for driving without a seatbelt. <laughs> this morning, I want to park on the subject of brokenness. Referring to the wounds, the hurts, the disappointments that we often face in our lives. While brokenness is not new, I do feel that in recent months and even the last couple years, there's been an increase of brokenness. Scripture in both the Old and New Testaments cite many examples of Bible characters who had seasons of brokenness. And we can think of Moses, we can think of Peter and Paul, we can think of Elijah, we can think of Joseph, maybe Jonah, maybe Jeremiah. We can certainly think of David. But I think the one who would get the prize for dealing with the most brokenness would have to be Job. And if you're in a season of brokenness today, I would encourage you to go to the book of Job and read through the account of what Job lived through. I think that would give you encouragement in and of itself just by reading that book you will certainly get a new perspective. 
I love those last, I loved all the songs this morning, but I love those last two that describe and lines up a little bit with my message today. We're never alone, one song sang. The last one, same God, aligning that said, I may not face Goliath, but I've got my own giants. The truth is that very few people go through life without some kind of season of disappointment and brokenness. I've entitled my message today as The Mixed Messages of Brokenness. When faced with a challenge, the thing uh, that leads to brokenness Oftentimes, people will misinterpret life and they will misinterpret their relationship with God because of what they're going through. They lose hope. Discouragement sets in. And people of faith will often begin to question their faith. Negative circumstances will often prompt believers to think God has left them which, of course, is far from the truth. God says he will never leave us. God says he would never forsake us. And so that mixed message begins to develop in our mind, and it begins to mess with how we think. And we need to be taking every thought captive and making it obedient to God and his word. I believe that in our weakest moments, that the enemy of our soul tries even harder to bring defeat, tries to rob us of our joy and our peace. He will try to steal and kill from you. Being broken due to circumstances of life can be very, very devastating in so many ways. It is in those times that we need to recognize those mixed messages. Sometimes when we're faced with brokenness, we allow the the mental gymnastics to happen within our mind. And and we have those conversations going on in our head. And we flip-flop from one moment to the next. And and we think God is with us. But then we, uh, I don't know, I think God has left us. He's not hearing my prayer at all. Oh, man, God must be finally getting back at me now. And then it goes from that to, no, no, God isn't that kind of a God. He isn't a vindictive, retaliatory God. He doesn't operate like that. And then it goes back, but then, I've messed up a lot recently. God must be really ticked. No, 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 he still loves me. He's never going to leave me. And we have that conversation back and forth in our minds. Sometimes we receive mixed messages which doesn't help our situation at all. A couple years ago, I was invited to speak at a, um, a Barry police ceremony. And it was during COVID and we were all outside, equally spaced. And um, one of the officers came up to me right before the beginning of the ceremony and said, hey, uh, I'm going to give you a signal of when you're done. 
and I had been given about seven or eight minutes, and uh, so he wanted to make sure that I ended on time. And he said, well, here's the signal. Here's what it's going to be. I'm going to, when, when your time is up, I'm going to cough. And I said, that's cool. No worries. And he was going to be standing right behind me. And so I get into my speech, and I'm probably uh, a minute and a half or two minutes into it. Uh, and I hear... Um, <coughs> he's right there and he's coughing and I'm like, whoa, that was fast. And so there's no way. I, I'm convinced I have five or six minutes, but I'm, I'm going to be respectful and I'm going to uh, wrap this up. And that cough, you know, literally meant it's time to wrap it up, chaplain. And, and so I took some, I made some changes and... Uh, on the fly, I was eliminating parts of my speech, and I started to speak faster to get through as much as I can. And after the ceremony was over, the officer came up to me and apologized. He said, I didn't mean to shut you down. I didn't mean to tell you that it was over, but he actually had to cough. And then at having coughed, he realized what he had done, much to his chagrin. But in the end, it all, it all worked out, and it wasn't that noticeable. But for the record, if anybody here this morning coughs, I'm not shutting it down. <laughs> I may go longer. Somebody in the last service tried to distract me by coughing, so no coughing. Brokenness is not unique to age, to genders, to career paths, to income levels. Brokenness can affect anybody at any time. Wounds exist everywhere. Over the years, I've encountered brokenness in many different flavors, in many different people. Last year, I buried a father, and just a couple months later, I buried the mother. There was a lot of deep brokenness happening. Last year, I buried a 14-day-old baby boy, and I admit that was tough, extenuating terrible circumstances. This past year, I've spoken with several who have received less than a favorable health report. Gloria Lynn and I have a friend who, just, who was just diagnosed with a form of cancer, but we're praying and believing for a full recovery for her. I've spoken with Families recently whose families are fractured and they find themselves in, in deep and complicated circumstances. There are families that have told me that their children are addicted to substances that are destroying their lives. Friends, brokenness is not too hard to find. And I have to believe that within this room today, 
and those that are watching online would have a form of brokenness. Many of you may have already come through brokenness. Over the decades, I've personally experienced a few seasons of my own brokenness. A couple of those scenarios, I'm sure, were self-inflicted, while a couple of them were out of my control. But the brokenness was real. But I'm happy to report today that Scripture gives us hope in our seasons of brokenness, in our seasons of disappointment and despair. Listen to these verses. You may want to write them down if you're in a season today. Psalm 34 and 18, it says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and rescues those who are crushed in spirit. The next verse goes on and says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of all of them. Psalm 147 and 3, He heals the brokenhearted and heals their wounds. The prophet writes in Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 1, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, and he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Church, please know that our God is aware of your brokenness. Whatever your circumstances are, whatever the weight that you may be carrying today, God is aware of that. I pray that you would allow those verses to comfort you. Being hurt. Brokenness can happen in a variety of different ways. And brokenness will look different to different people. Brokenness can be a result of something that is done to us or something that happens to us, like a major tragedy in our family, a sudden death in our family or friends, a serious health diagnosis that's been given to you or a family member. Brokenness can happen because of a failed or flawed marriage. Sometimes it's a result of an unfaithful spouse. Wounds can happen through the betrayal of a close friend or even a family member. Brokenness can be the result of poor financial decisions like bankruptcy. Brokenness can be a result of poor decisions. It has the potential to literally suck the life out of us, robbing you of hope, and even your will to live sometimes, and you begin to wonder if you will ever bounce back from this. Brokenness can also be a season of great loneliness if you don't have good support around you. 
One thing that I discovered years ago in one of my challenges, one of my seasons of brokenness, that brokenness can often bring a boatload of shame with it for a number of different reasons, which is often the same reason why people are lonely because they don't want to share some of the details because of the shame that's associated with it. It prevents them from wanting to work through it. Sometimes in our brokenness, we can't really figure out how this came to be. Why am I feeling this way? There's something you can't put your finger on. And so the lines get blurred and it becomes a little more difficult to process and to move through healing of that season. I have a short video that's been used for different purposes over the years. But I felt that it fits in with this part of my message in the context of not wanting to acknowledge or maybe not even wanting to recognize what the root issue is of your brokenness, of what's causing the pain. Watch this short video. It's just, there's all this pressure, you know? And sometimes it feels like it's right up on me, and I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head, and it's relentless, and... I don't know if it's going to stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most is that I don't know if it's ever going to stop. Yeah. Well, you do have a nail in your head. It is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there. Stop trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing. You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. See, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail See, out. you're not even listening now. Okay, fine. I will listen. Fine. It's just... Sometimes it's like... There's this achy... I don't know what it is. And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. That sounds really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Oh, come on. Ow. If you would just don't try to see things my way. Do I have to keep to heal? We can't turn a blind eye to what might be causing the pain or the brokenness. We can't just push it aside and hope that it's going to get better. But with help, with Scripture, with the Holy Spirit, we can overcome our hurt. Another major cause of brokenness And it's especially recognizable in, in Christian circles. And that, of course, is a result of sin. Sin will bring brokenness. 
into one's life. Whether you are a Christ follower or not, sin will bring despair and brokenness. Sin can sometimes be very difficult to navigate through due to factors like pride. They can be obstacles to healing. Or like I mentioned already, shame. And we can see how sin affects our lives through the life of King David. The same David who, as a shepherd boy, slew Goliath, the giant. David became so very broken because of his sin. But it's interesting to know, I'm not sure if you realize this, but he, David didn't deal with his sin until Nathan the prophet, who was also a friend and advisor to David, David went almost a year after his sin with Bathsheba. He slept with her. Of how he tried to hide that. And how he tried then and was successful in having her husband murdered. And so David goes almost a full year without acknowledging or repenting of his sin to God. It was only after Nathan confronted him did David respond with brokenness and sorrow for the sin that he had committed. If you have your Bible or a Bible on your device, I'm going to read a couple verses through Psalm 51 where we find David pouring out his heart to God. The whole chapter, in fact, is full of repentance and sorrow. I'm just going to start in verse 10, but all of the chapter, you need to read this later today. I'm going to start in verse 10, and I'm going to pause, as, so don't move ahead. Just wait for me, and we'll get through these three verses. Verse 10, David cries out to God, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. There's an interesting word that David uses here from the Hebrew language, and it's the word brara. And it's the same word, that was the word for create, it's the same word that we find in Genesis chapter 1, when God was creating the heavens and the earth. David used the same word, and so he's crying out to God. He's not crying out to God to, God, cleanse me, clean me, pour some water over me. He's asking God to create a new heart for him. David felt that his heart was so tarnished that, God, you can create a new heart for me. I don't want to start over with this tainted heart that I have. And he prays, God, would you create in me a clean heart? David is asking God for a change. He's asking God to renew that steadfast spirit within him so that he could keep the new heart clean. Verse number 11, do not cast me 
away from your presence. You see, David's already been familiar with the presence of God. God had used, used him in so many different ways throughout his life. And he's saying, God, don't cast me from your presence. And I think of Samson. The word says that he went to do the same that he always had done, and he realized not that the Spirit of God had left him. What a horrific situation, scenario to be in. David doesn't want to be in that situation. None of us can probably imagine what it would be like to be outside of the presence of God. Some Bible teachers suggest that David is likely in this moment when he's writing that verse, he's likely thinking about Cain after he killed his brother. And Cain was banished from the land. And the next verse, the next part of that verse says, banished from the land and God's presence. And David was probably thinking about Cain. And David continues and says, Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Do not take the wind and the fire from me. David is also specifically praying this, and some would suggest that he's probably thinking about Saul here. Where in Saul, 1 Samuel Chapter 16, verse 14, we read, But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. This was happening just as David was being anointed as the future king. David did not want to face that reality that the Spirit of God would depart from him. David says, Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. No one with a repentive heart would ever want to be removed from God's presence or live without the Spirit of God indwelling within them. Verse 12, David says, restore. God, I need you to restore what I once had, but now I don't. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. And sustain me with a willing spirit. Remember, David spent almost a year with this baggage of sin in his life. I can't imagine what his life was. That was probably the worst year of his entire life, living a miserable existence. Evidenced by his prayer right here in Psalm 51. He wanted the joy of the Lord to return. Brokenness can make us think that God has abandoned us. There will be times when we are so broken and in such despair we feel that the Holy Spirit is no longer closer in me. That's not true. That's a lie of the enemy. God is still with you when you are in despair. I think that could be one of the worst things that we could ever think that God has left us because it's not true. I'm guessing that David experienced 
all of those emotions and feelings. And once again, we get mixed messages, the truth of what we feel versus the truth of God's faithfulness. So how should you respond today if you're in a season of despair, if you're in a season of brokenness? How do you respond to that? doesn't matter if it's been something that's been done to you or if it's been self-inflicted. What are you going to do? Well, first of all, I would reiterate that you memorize those verses that I read earlier, Psalm 34, verses 18 and 19. That the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Secondly, I would suggest that you apply David's template here in Psalm 51. Not just the verses that we've read today, but the whole chapter. Pray, sit down in a quiet moment and pray, God, have mercy on me according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my, my sin, my transgressions. Go through the whole chapter and bow before God. Repent before God. Doing this, I believe, will cause you to humbly submit to God, responding in a godly way to the challenges you're facing. Create in me a clean heart. It can be a prayer that we pray, even if we haven't sinned, even if our brokenness is not because of sin. Pray through this psalm. Respond in a godly way to your, your brokenness. And this might be hard, but if someone has caused you the brokenness, our natural flesh response is to lash out to those people or that person. I would challenge you, and this is, me, this is easier for me to say than maybe for you to do it, but I would, if I were you, I would encourage you to respond in a godly way. And that's so hard. And when we do that, it would be proof that the wind and the fire of the Holy Ghost is in operation in your life. We can't do it on our own. We need the Spirit of God living in us and working through us to be the man and the woman that God desires us to be. And with some hesitation, I, sh I share this. Hesitation because for some it might be very fresh to you. But brokenness can be a very helpful, beneficial experience. How you respond to your brokenness is key in moving forward in your healing. We need to do like David did only earlier, we need to respond with repentance. We need to respond with godliness. And when we do that, our response is so important. I felt that I didn't drive that 
point home enough in the first service. If we respond in godly ways, I believe healing will come sooner than later. And I believe that God will use us in at least two different ways. Number one, I believe God will use you to point others to Jesus. And that's a part of David's cry in Psalm 51, verse 13. Verse 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. And then I will teach transgressors your way and sinners will turn back to you. It's as if David is indicating that he's going to minister to those who have gone through things like he has. He said sinners will return back to you. I believe that our experiences of brokenness can help us point people to Jesus. And secondly, I believe, based on 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, that we become comfort and help for those who are broken. That verse in 2 Corinthians... Chapter 1, verse 3, says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction so that we will be able to comfort those who are in affliction with the comfort that we ourselves have been comforted by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is in abundance through Christ. God desires to use you on the other side of your despair. And you can allow the Spirit of God, you can allow the Word of God to speak to you. I told Lori Lynn yesterday that I have enough material for about three sermons. But last night I almost ditched it all because I was being so conflicted. But before I went to bed last night, I felt that God was laying this message on my heart so, so clearly. Because of people who might be here or watching online that need it to be encouraged. I pray today, church, that you would respond to God and cry out to God so that God can use you in greater ways and sooner than later. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you that you are the God of comfort that you never leave us and you never forsake us. No matter what we go through on this earth, God, you said that you would lead us through our brokenness. And I pray for those that are here today, those that are watching online today or even in the future, God, I pray that you would comfort them today. 
I pray that you would give them wisdom. I pray that there would be people around them that would come alongside and would lift them up, would encourage them. God, by your spirit today, I pray that you would set people free from their brokenness. I pray that they would resist the enemy, would bind the lies of the enemy, who would say they've blown it too much or too often or too great. God, I pray that they would be overcomers through your word and by your spirit today. I pray against that brokenness. I pray that you would restore the joy of their salvation. And even today, God, that they would be encouraged and they would leave here motivated by your word to allow you in, to allow you to set them free. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, Amen. You're listening to Maple View Community Church Podcast. 